Welcome to the Mimi B Podcast. I'm your host, Mimi Bouchard, and this podcast is designed to help you become the best version of yourself possible. This podcast will motivate you and give you the tools that you need to get to where you want to be. So excited for this. And guys, we're here with Mads. She is my go-to intuitive coach. (laughs) psychic like just I don't even know how to describe you but you've been coaching me the past few weeks and we're gonna be doing what we are doing this 12 week kind of program and it's like I want to just explain what you do for me as like therapy coaching intuitive healing direction a little bit of psychic stuff astrology like it's just like a big mix of like everything that I feel like I need. And I'm so excited to introduce you to everyone. So say hi to our girls on the podcast. Oh my God. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for having me, by the way, Mimi. Um, This is, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm losing my mind. Um, (laughs) My ego in check now that I know we're recording. No, let's just talk like we were before we started recording. Guys, I just started recording like so randomly because we were talking about how I'm doing since we started our sessions and we were just talking about like weird stuff happening to me. And I was like, wait, I want to kind of tell the listeners about this. So we can just jump right into the conversation. Like we can make this a super unstructured, like really easy episode. Cause I definitely know that this is not the only episode you'll ever be on. So. Ah! Oh my god! Okay, <laughs> so exciting. Let me get all cozy. I've got. You should see the crystals I've got in front of me just to ground me. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, the reason you're sleeping so much, and especially like in the, I would say the last seven to ten days, you've really been like tired and sleeping Exhausted. in a little bit more because you're going through what's known as Kundalini activation. So. Kundalini stands for the awakening of the chakras. Um, I don't know if that's like the root of the word, but that's what it's associated with. And when you clear out your chakras, um, the first step is clearing karma. So you did that at 18 when you decided to randomly quit school, move to uh, London and start a blog. That's what we would call clearing karmic energy and going through Kundalini awakening. Now you're in the second phase, which is known as activation, where you're, you're, completely balanced or you're completely cleared, I guess, in your chakras and you're learning to balance and master the balance of them. So you're really tired right now because you're going through like an energetic upgrade. You're aligning your chakras even more. So it's exhausting for your body. (laughs) It's exhausting. So that's one thing that's been happening since we've been going through this change and, um, you know, this 12 week program, which we're going to get into more detail for sure. This episode, I kind of want to explain everything to to the listeners um for the other thing we were just talking about so we're like week three right now or something are we yeah like week two yeah I think we're doing week three tomorrow yeah okay yeah and um and this other thing that I've realized is and I was just saying um saying this to you off of before we started recording is that my memory has been like ridiculously good like I have good memory I always have but I've had like random moments many, many times over the past, like five days, especially the past few weeks for sure. But like at least like the past five days, like an insane amount, like a very noticeable amount. I, I'll just be like thinking about, you know, just like doing something, thinking about, you know, like random stuff. And then like a crazy memory, like crystal clear memory from when I was like six years old will come up with like the feelings associated to it. And like, and I'll just be like, whoa. Like, I haven't thought about that in like 15 years. Like, what? And yeah. it's like craziest things. And it's so associated to me taking any mental blockages out of my 
existence and like and I know they're true like I I, it's just this crazy feeling well it overtakes you it's not just a thought where you're like oh like painting a sunflower it's it's a feeling like you feel it all over in your body as you experienced it as you were a child and the reason that's happening is absolutely because of the activation so what you're doing is you have more access to your higher self now your intuitive self your soul i guess everyone has a different way of explaining it or identifying it and when you gain access to this not only do you gain um the ability to like access your clairs and channel you know, the things that I do. Um, but you also, you get your memories back. And so with these memories, you'll either be sparked with a creative idea for work or more importantly, what I would think is happening for you now is these are the feelings that you're going to be able to, uh, associate as pain points, which we went through in our, and I think it was our intake session together of the pain points we'd be focusing on. So let's say you got that feeling of being super anxious at six years old in the middle of the playground, And that's the same feeling you get now when you go to a social gathering. You're going to be able to pinpoint that feeling in your body and know exactly where it stems from and what the root cause is. So you're starting to remember that. Yeah. It's and a lot of like heartwarming memories as well. Like, you know, this morning I was actually writing. So I was doing my morning routine and like I was listening to some of the music or the meditation music that you sent me to listen to with the hurts, the specific hurts uh, waves and everything. Um, so I have like a different one every morning I listen to and I do it while I, I listen to it while I just do my morning routine. It's like super calming music. And then this morning started getting like crazy amounts of like memories. And I was like, Oh my God, I want to, and I was trying to like, I was opening my mind to them. So I opened the back of my journal and wrote like memories. I never want to forget. And just wrote little descriptions of each of them. Oh, I just love I never want to forget them. And oh, that's so they were, sweet. Like, nice ones. Like it, I, I not necessarily getting loads of like, ones I'm like oh this is when I was anxious when I was six like for sure like I've had some of those but you know one this morning was like the exact feeling that I had when my dad used to make um cheese fondue night when I was like literally seven years old my dad's been vegan for like 15 years (laughs) um but like I was like really really young um not even seven like even five or six you know and I just remember like the feeling of like the sticks that we use and like my dad would like great nutmeg and the smell. And I was like, I have not thought of this like nutmeg. And I remember what it looked like. And I started remembering our kitchen from when I was super young. And I was like, this is so weird. So oh, I don't even know what's happening, but your whatever clairs. you're doing to me is doing something. <laughs> your clairs are opening up. It's basically all of, honestly, this reminds me of how I got primed or prepped, I guess. Uh, for downloads and downloads are what I refer to as like uh, the spiritual information that I'm given when I'm connecting. I mean, it's kind of always happening, but <laughs> you know, when I'm really connecting, it comes in that form of these random thoughts. They're not memories, but they started with memories of, of exactly that. Um, oh no. Am I going to start? Cause I keep telling Mads, everyone listening, <laughs> I'm like scared of like getting too intuitive because like I'm such a scaredy cat and I just like don't like to not to, to see things I'm not expecting. <laughs> that happened to me this morning in a session. I saw a hand on over the card and I was like, nope, sir. No, thank you, sir. Um, oh my God. Are you kidding? Kind of, no, I'm not even kidding. And it, it was like, it was, it was weird. And I was just like, oh, okay. Um, but yeah, how no. How do you handle that? Like, how do you handle that? Cause I would just be like, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done here. <laughs> I feel like, well, I mean, 
Seeing is not my favorite. And I, I think we, I've mentioned that too before. My spirit team has very strict boundaries. Like do not present yourself to me in a human ghost form. Like I don't like it. Uh, but when I'm channeling for clients, their spirits don't know that. So if I haven't set the boundaries up, which I sometimes forget to do at the beginning of the reading on how they can present, they just do it. Um, and so I kind of just took a step back. I was a little startled because uh, then my ego comes out and is like survival mode. Like, yeah, F is that. Um, but I'm usually so in my higher intuitive self at that point where I'm, I'm, I'm very grounded. I'm very connected. And I'm like, okay, you're fine please don't do that again. <laughs> don't like yeah. that. And then we move forward, but it's always a, a jarring experience or shocking and unsettling. You make it go away with your mind if you focus on something else? Yes. I think that would depend more on who is trying. I guess it would depend more on why the, uh, the energy or the spirit is, is like pushing to be seen uh, visually I feel like the only reason it wouldn't go away is because they wouldn't be able to communicate another way, like for yeah. whatever reason. But yeah, usually it's just like, no, thank you. Don't do that again. And they're, mm-hmm. they're fine with it, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So what do you say to skeptics? Like, obviously I'm into this kind of stuff and yeah. I've always, I've been brought up very spiritual and like, mm-hmm. you know, like my sister saw auras when she was a kid and like, I've always, I've always known there was more to our 3D world, um, even though I'm like probably the most conservative in my immediate family, like it's, <laughs> you know, I've always thought that I've always known that there was more, and I've always been like in tune with energy, hundred percent. But yeah. what do you say to skeptics? Like, what if Ben was here? Because you know, Ben's a skeptic, yes, and I and I can't wait for you guys to meet one day, um, and I see that interaction, and <laughs> it's gonna be so different. He's gonna be like, "Who is this crazy lady?" Like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> he, no, he he doesn't think you guys are. Crazy. No, he's oh my just, god. He's just like, I, I, oh, I, like <laughs> no, he he's just like in their heads, you know, like that's just what he thinks. So I mean, what would you say to a skeptic even if someone listening right now like we like someone listening might, right now might be a skeptic you know absolutely. like okay there is there's probably sure. hundreds of them um I think I would say to that and I mean first off I love me a good skeptic so if you're a skeptic please come see me cuz you challenge me because you're so blocked and it's so hard to read you and it's such a challenge and it's so fun um but in general I think that you have to be somewhat aware and willing to admit that something exists to be able to potentially see it. Um, so for me, I came, I like, I walked out of the womb, like talking to ghosts basically. (laughs) Although I didn't verbally say like to my parents, Hey, like there's an old lady in the corner. (laughs) And I think everyone's experience is so different. And I think the one thing that I always want to like stress, even to skeptics is you still have a spirit team, whether you acknowledge the fact that you're a spiritual being or not. Um, and then my favorite thing to follow up with, just because I'm a little bit feisty, I am a Sagittarius sun sign, if anyone knows what that means. Um, and I like to ask existential questions. So I would, I always ask skeptics, um, you know, if, if you don't believe in anything else, which you're entitled to, absolutely. Um, I mean, look at, look at how vast and, you know, like how much potential the universe has. You're really going to tell me we're the only thing that's alive and that there's, there's just this very small glimpse of human existence that usually gets people thinking and then they don't really have an answer anymore about being a skeptic. But that's kind of what I say to them. Just get them, get their thoughts rolling. 
Do you think that anybody can become psychic or see a yeah. see spirit? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, um, something I've been researching a little bit more, it's funny that you mentioned that, um, this past week, I would say, is um, is more relating spirituality to some of the stories that you'll hear in religions. And I think that over the last millennia or two, um, our civilization and our consciousness has just regressed quite a bit. And I think that's why less people are connected and it's seen more as like a specialty or a gift. But I, I truly think having experienced both living very much in ego and living very much in my higher self back and forth throughout my life, I think absolutely. Because everyone has chakras. Everyone can clear them, which means everyone can connect through them. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think who, oh my God, I'm obviously going to mention Joe Dispenza again. I literally talk of about course. him every fucking podcast. <laughs> no, literally. Like, hello, Joe Dispenza. Has he been on yet? Please tell me. No, because every time I like mention him in a story, he like never answers. It's fine. It's okay, guys. One Joe, day when I'm big Joe, enough. <laughs> Joe, we're calling you. I'll he's out. Oh my gosh. He's a busy man helping millions of people. He, so literally, awesome. like he's probably in the astral twenty three hours out of twenty four. So like, he actually <laughs> is. So anyway, love him. But what I was going to say is like he really bridges the gap between the science of he. He doesn't m- talk much about like spirit and 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 mediumship as much as he talks about energy and how there are many different realities that exist at oh, all God. times. Like. Infinite. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, what's that movie uh, where there's like, you know, you were telling me about it, where like there was like all the books and he was oh, in the interstellar. future. Yeah, interstellar. Like yeah. Joe Defo believes in interstellar type of stuff, <laughs> and yeah, like in like the five D and the six D and everything. Yes. So he talks about like, but he actually relates it back to science. Like, yes. and I'm obviously not going to explain it as he does, but like, right. you know, there are like you can't there are things that don't you can't see with your eyes that exist like energy like there is energy everywhere and you know there you know I oh my god there was this one thing he that I was listening uh to when I was doing his course and he told me that he told me oh my god I'm obsessed he told the audience (laughs) he told me me specifically (laughs) (laughs) he told the audience that um he was doing this meditation uh that he does and it's uh bringing all the energy like you do this breathing exercise you bring all the energy to like the top of your head or to your brain um or to your heart or whatever energy center and he was he he said that he was you know he did it early in the morning then he went to drive to go to a flight like he was he was gonna fly somewhere that that same morning and he was passing through the like detector thing at security and they were like they like it buzzed or there was something wrong with it and they took him aside and they were like do you have anything in your hair? Like, do you have anything on your chest? And it was, I forget where it was, but they were like, there's something like around here. And he was like, no, there isn't. But he, because he did the meditation, there was just like an insane amount of energy in that one spot. And then he he told the audience that then like his, one of his employees did the same thing or another, one of his students did the same thing. And like, it's just this game that they do now that they do like this breathing exercise where they bring all this energy either to the heart or to the brain. And like, they always get stopped at the airport. Yo, I'm actually going to do this the next time I fly. I'm going to do it too. It's crazy. You have to. That's so funny. <laughs> you know the seven-minute meditation I sent you? 
Yeah, it's insane. I was vibrating. So it was that one. It was that one. Oh my God, absolutely. I literally, I went astral probably, I think it was what, within a minute I told you? It was yeah. out of my body. Yeah, it was- it's crazy. Okay, yeah. so let's let's talk about... Um, but I've, I love your stories and I, we could just talk for hours every week. We talk like during our sessions, we end up just talking for like three hours. <laughs> I want to talk about um, a few things. So first of all, let's talk about the 12 week program that we're doing um, that you've started to do with your clients. And like, I described it as I did at the beginning. It's kind of like, cause you have like a psych uh, degree, right? Like yeah, you, I have a psychology minor. I'm not, I'm definitely not. Yeah. And I'm not qualified to give you therapy. No, I know, but you basically like wh- your whatever you do is like better than therapy for me, honestly. Like I've always been, um, like I I've done therapy before, like when I was young, young, but like, and I just don't like just paying someone to talk to them for an hour. I can do that with my friends, you know. Like mm-hmm. you do something different that's like tangible. And oh my god, I'm so sorry for anyone listening that loves therapy. Like this is just my personal opinion. I need to give disclaimers like a billion times a minute yeah. these days. But guys, therapy is amazing for some people and. I know so many friends are huge advocates for me. It doesn't work. So this kind of thing works better for me. Um, But yeah, like how would you explain our 12 week, our 12 week program and what do you try to do with your clients? And you can also be totally honest with like our experience together and like struggles that I've gone through that we're trying to work on together. Like I'm an open book on the podcast. So tell me your kind of take on all of this. Yeah. So the 12 week program that we're doing is actually the second of three programs I'm launching. Um, So the first one is called the Align Program. And I have someone doing that as well right now, kind of like test dummying it for me. Uh, And you're doing the the Bloom Program. So they're structured a little differently. One is um, to either assist you or to trigger Kundalini Awakening in you. So that the beginning clearing of the chakras the one that you and I are doing, the Bloom program is for people who've already gone through the beginning of awakening and are looking to uh, like become master manifestors and really figure out what's blocking them, what keeps them stagnant, um, and what sy- systems that they've created throughout the lifetime no longer uh, serve them and where they're headed. So with that program, my whole intent with my clients is that they find their way back to their soul. Um, I, I struggled for so long, um, especially in university, but even before that, from like my early preteens, um, honestly, the last 10 years, it sounds crazy because I'm not even 23 yet, but, um, with just figuring out why I felt so different and all the things that I went through. Um, and it wasn't until like even going through therapy, therapy didn't work for me either. I went through so many psychologists. I went through, I calculated it $53,000 worth of therapy in 10 years. And obviously a lot of that was covered, but like I calculated that just on like the lowest per hour rate in Ontario. And yet I was still so confused, so lost, so suicidal. And I, it wasn't until I connected back with my higher self and the spiritual side of things, take religion and like the matrix and dimensions out of it, just connecting with my true authentic self uh, really skyrocketed things and changed a lot of shit for me. So um, that's my whole goal is to help stimulate and get people honestly back to their true self on their own, just to kind of help guide them that way. 
Hey guys, let's take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Whether you're working from home or you're working on your fitness, you want what you're listening to to be what you are listening to, not to what your roommates, neighbors, or partner are listening to. Everyone needs a great pair of wireless earbuds, but before you go dropping hundreds and hundreds on a pair, you need to check out the wireless earbuds from Raycon. So Raycon earbuds start at about half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds on the market, and they sound just as amazing as other top audio brands that you know. Their newest model, the Everyday E25 earbuds, are their best ones yet. They have six hours of playtime, seamless Bluetooth pairing, more bass, and a more compact design that gives you a nice noise-isolating fit. So Raycon's wireless earbuds are super comfortable as well, so they're great if you want to binge on podcasts like this one. I'm a huge podcast listener myself, so that's super important to me to have really great quality headphones. So Raycon earbuds are actually really cute as well. They're stylish and very discreet. They don't have any dangling wires, so you don't get distracted. The company was actually co-founded by Ray J, and the earbuds are actually loved by celebrities like Cardi B. So pick up a pair and see what the hype is all about. Now's the time to get the latest and greatest from Raycon. Get 15% off of your order at buyraycon.com slash Mimi. That is buyraycon.com slash Mimi for 15% off Raycon wireless earbuds, buyraycon.com slash Mimi. You can also get the link in the show notes. Now let's get back to the episode. Honestly, back to their true self on their own, just to kind of help guide them that way. 100%. Oh my God. So can we hear more about your story? Like you just kind of touched into it and it's so crazy how you're 22 because even when I met you, I was like, oh yeah, she's like mid 20. She's like a bit older than me or something like your soul. Like I've always said this to you, like you're so like maternal and like, I feel so safe with you. Like, you know, more about me than most people that I know, like truly like you do. Likewise. Yeah. It's like, we connected so quickly. There's such a soul connection. It's like, even now yeah. saying that my soul's like, don't make me cry, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So for me, I mean, I had definitely not one of the worst upbringings at all, but I went through some emotional stressors that really shaped a big part of, uh, I guess my, my mental body. Um, a lot of paradigms that I've had to restructure in my mind according to my relationship with my body, my relationship with food. Um, I There was just a lot of stress growing up and I, I'll try not to get too into it just because a lot of it, it is my story to tell, but it, out of respect for the other people involved, I just, I want to respect that they're not here to share their side. And, you know, um, I had to do a lot of healing to get through all of that trauma, honestly. Um, and it all the chaos in my in my early childhood and what was going on led me to date an older guy when I was uh, 14. I sound I look back and I'm like, man, 14. I should not have been doing the things I was doing at 14. How much older was he? He was 18. So four years, yeah, yeah. So four years, um, which you know that alone, if you're listening, please know that that's a red flag. Like my heart goes out to you for thinking it's not. Um, but at 14, I can remember thinking that I knew everything when it came to, and I still believe this that love can change a lot of people, but there's just some people it will not change. And 
I desperately, as that kid, I just wanted to feel an acceptance for my weird, quirky self that I felt, um, you know, was just, it didn't fit in anywhere. And so with all the stress that was going on, I, I met this guy and, uh, he quickly, um, had me looped into, um, this cycle of abuse and gaslighting and love bombing. And, you know, he just completely groomed me. He actually, I had met him when I was 13. He was 17. So that's just even weirder. Um, and he groomed me for nine months. Um, Were your parents okay with you dating someone older or they didn't know? Oh no. So they knew. And, you know, my parents did absolutely the best they could telling me that they didn't like him, but I'm a very hard headed person. And, I can absolutely admit that I need to learn something on my own or I need to see a thousand percent transparency on why, um, why someone thinks a certain way. So my parents telling me that they didn't like him and that he was a bad influence. It wasn't enough. Um, I was like, well, that's great. Well, I'm going to figure that out on my own. Now, if they had said, you know, Madison, he gives us those psychopath spidey senses and he has the red flags of an abuser. I, would I have listened? I don't know if I, part of me wants to say I would have listened differently, but then again, I don't know because I was so, I mean, they're really good at looping you in and, and making you think that they're just, they're really good manipulators. Um, the best, honestly, it's, it's their, it's their degree. Um, and so I was 15 when I dated him, I dated him for just over a year Uh, but I was groomed a year before that. So the whole thing was about a two year ordeal together. He was very abusive. Um, And when we broke up, I was at a point in our relationship where I was just like, I need to get out of here. And I lied to him and told him that there was a chance we could get back together. It was a lot of fun. Um, Just to kind of let him let me go. Um, That's kind of where I was at. And then uh, a year later, I went to trial. I won my case against him, um, which was a good start to the healing. Um, but it didn't it didn't do as much, I think, as I thought it would. You know, winning the the case um, it helped with the physical measures of having to live in the same city for a couple more years and keep him away from me. Um, but I was really excited to move out after that um, and kind of start my life had the goal of being stress-free after that. Um, but I just, uh, kind of crumbled after that. When I moved out, it was like everything that I had been pushing down and repressing, whether it was from that relationship or early childhood or any other traumas that was going on. It's like, it just hit me even harder when I moved out. Cause I was finally in a, what felt like a more safe and free environment to go through that pain. Um, And so I remember being very, very, very suicidal for the second time in my life uh, at 18. Uh, The first would have been at 11, which is like way too young. Um, Yeah, way too young. And then I had an attempt at, how old would I have been in 2018? Two years ago, like 20, I think 20 years old. Um, Yeah, in March of 2018. Yeah, after I, because I had gotten fired that day from one of my jobs. Uh, that was just like the, the cherry on the cake for me. Um, and ironically, a, a year prior in March of 2017, I had gone through so much, a recent breakup too. 
I'd gotten really suicidal again. So it was kind of like that same karmic factor. A year later, something had fallen apart, a big tower moment, as we call them in spirituality and tarot. Um, But this time it was like, that was it. I was over it. Um, Had some friends there that night and some coworkers that if it weren't for them, like, you know, bless their, literally bless their souls. I would not be here today. I know that for a fact. Um, I've had a couple other close calls since, um, but none in, in the last year, I would, uh, actually. So it's been a, a life-changing year and I owe that to my awakening and diving deeper into my spirituality. But my journey has been for 20 years, my journey was feeling suicidal and feeling hopeless and feeling like I didn't fit in. And that's kind of how I've ended up wanting to do what I do and helping mm-hmm. other people. Because yeah. you've been there, like you've actually experienced a lot. Yeah. And I think those are the best types of people to to help heal others, to help others heal themselves because they are relatable and they've gone through it. And that's so crazy. And yeah. I want to know, like, how, like, how, what did you do to start healing yourself mentally? And you know, do, I know you say spirituality, but like, did it come to you or did you seek it? Oh, that's a good question. Um, spirituality has always found its way back to me when I don't want it. <laughs> um, even from a young age um, where I would stop speaking to my spirit team, you know, in my head, I would stop journaling. They would always come back. Um, and after I left this relationship, um, while I was home, I had I had really bad PTSD. And so I was just like sleeping all the time. I think for the first two, three years, I didn't, I didn't heal. I slept, I shut it down. I drank a lot with my friends in high school. I partied a lot, continued that in university. Um, And then I started doing therapy again when I was in my third year of university, which to a certain degree, therapy worked for me. But there, there always came a point where it was like, a stagnant standstill and a lot of repressed memories started coming back and I was able to acknowledge them. And it, it was one of those, I mean, I'll, I'll trigger warning in case you include it in, in this, but um, like I had fully remembered the psychological and the physical abuse of the relationship, but, and here's the trigger warning. I had completely repressed all of the sexual abuse, like all of it. Um, to me, that couldn't happen in a relationship. Like that didn't, that didn't exist. That wasn't a possibility. Um, but then through learning criminology and psychology, which were my degrees in university and, um, you know, working in residence and learning about consent and what that is, like a lot of memories got triggered back and I had to go back to therapy. I just was completely falling apart. And this was kind of the precursor to the suicide attempt later that year, like a few months later. Um, And then my grandfather died. Um, He passed away in October 2017. And we weren't really that close, honestly, um, besides the fact that he was actually the person who would drive me to and from my abuser's house because my parents refused to enable me, which I respect them, but I found other ways. And you know, he was always a quiet guy, but, you know, in hindsight, I look back and I'm like, man, you saw the energetic shift in me from being like this young, vibrant teenager to literally being completely like broken down, uh, in every way. And he saw that 
whether he acknowledged it or, you know, said anything, no, but he felt it. And I know that. So when he passed, um, what I've come to realize is it was the spiritual passing of the torch. So like I said, my grandfather, a very quiet man. Um, I don't think anyone in the family even knows what his spiritual beliefs were. Um, what I do know is whenever he passed, that was like the peak for me of my, uh, karmic retribution and the Claire's just kicked off after that. I got my first pendulum, got my first Oracle deck, started meeting very spiritual people. Um, had my grandfather channeled to me in the middle of a shopping spree at a spiritual shop one day, uh, like weird stuff started popping off. Um, and that's kind of like how wow. that all started. Yeah. Do you have chills? Yeah. Like everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Like, like uh. Oh my God, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that answered your question. I kind of just went on a tangent there. (laughs) So it kind of came to you and you kind of seeked it. Like, and and the grandfather dying thing really sparked Catalyst. Yeah, for sure. Have you spoken to him since? Like, yeah, he's a, he's an active part of my team. Uh, The first time I channeled him was in November or December of 2017 with my pendulum and I cried like a little baby. Like, what did he oh say? Like, oh my God. I just, I was holding my story for like, or he didn't. No, he, I just, cause at this point, keep in mind, like I'm still a skeptic too. I'm a skeptic. Like ask me how I do what I do. And I'm still trying to figure that out for everyone. Cause yeah. I'm trying to figure it out for myself. But when he passed, I just, this one night and I don't have the same pendulum, but I was holding a pendulum. I kind of just felt him kind of behind my back, which is always how I felt spirit was behind my back, standing, towering over me. And I was like, oh, I feel like you're here. And then the hair is on my neck stand and I'm like, oh, I don't know if I like this. So I used my pendulum because I had already gotten quite acquainted with it. And I said, is there a spirit in my room? And the pendulum goes back and forth, which was a yes. I was like, okay. And I was like, "Uh, is it someone I know? And it goes very strong. Yes. And I was like, is it grandpa? And that's, I think, the first time, yeah, I think that was the first time I got a claircognizant download, which is, like, random information uh, that comes through the crown chakra, and the pendulum just went, yes, 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 and I just started crying. I didn't even know why I was crying. It's just, like, all spiritually, I think all of that energy overcame me, and ever since then, every time I have tried to divert away from spirituality, like, the universe smacks me on my ass and then in the face. <laughs> so, oh my. There's gosh. no escape. Did you, did you suppress your spirituality like most of your teen years? Oh like God, it was completely yeah. like, not there. A, a thousand percent. So a big part of, well, yeah, as a kid, especially because I didn't really understand it. I've always been hypersensitive, hyper anxious, like hate crowds, always had weird intuitive, like seeing things happening or experiencing them before they happen. Um, didn't really think much of it. Grew up with parents and family who said that doesn't exist. Uh, so shut it down. When I met my abuser, the one thing that really enticed me about him is that he was open to spirituality. Um, you know, come to find out because he's into the dark shit, not the good shit. So um, that's kind of what led me to open it back up. But then when all of that went, you know, toward what it was and I came out of it, uh, I was terrified of spirituality because then it was like, Connect, it was extremely connected to my abuser. So if I'm going to learn about this, is he going to somehow come back and hurt me? Like, is what he was teaching me, like, how do I navigate that? And I really had to 
compartmentalize that what he was trying to, what our common interest was and what he did with it was a separate thing as to what I do. Um, that's where it kind of came and left. And then when my grandfather passes, when it came back full force. Wow. And then do you remember times from when you were really young where you like saw things? Oh God. Yeah. Oh my God. I was actually telling this story when I was in Montreal this week to uh, to a friend. Um, yeah. So the first time, I think this is the only time I saw, if it's not, it's the only time I, oh, it might've been the second time. Yeah. The second time I saw, and I was maybe seven or eight years old. And I used to live in like a three-story townhouse with, with my mother. And I used to sleep up in her room with her, which was on the third floor. It was the only room on that floor. And I woke up in the middle of the night. I had to go to the bathroom. So I like crept downstairs. It's like pretty dark. And I've always been, like I said, it was very sensitive to energy and things as a kid. And I could feel that someone was there. I just knew. And the feeling with this is that I always felt that as a kid. So my, the rational part of my human mind was like, it's an intruder. It's someone who's going to hurt me. So I was always scared. (laughs) I hate being, hated being babysat, hated it. Anyways, I'm going down the stairs and I can feel the hair sitting up on my neck. So I very, very carefully like there's a wall and this is like, so if this is the wall and these are the stairs in front of my hand that you're seeing and the bathroom is across from the wall, I peer over to the side of the wall and I see dead ass, this little girl sitting on the toilet, crunched over and she goes, oh she my God, smiles. And I'm like, oh, hell no. Mm-mm. I booked it upstairs. To my, I didn't even go pee. Like shocked. I didn't pee my pants at that age. Woke my mom up. She's like, you woke me up for that. Like ghosts don't exist. Go to bed. Like stop being, stop being a fool. You're also sleeping with me. So you have nothing to be scared of. Anyways, haven't seen a ghost since. Uh, well, I have, but not. Is in she a bad energy or good energy? I think she was my imaginary friend. No way. Yeah, I think she was. Cause I think I was just really scared. Cause I, I was growing out of the phase of seeing her. So to see her was very alarming. At nighttime, in the middle of the night, when I felt like someone was there, it was weird. But when I think back, like, she doesn't have a negative energy. So, no, I don't think that she was negative. There were negative energies in some of my experiences where I felt that, and it feels so different even looking back. Yeah, yeah that's, the, that's the defining moment for me where my spirit team knew, like, do not show Madison ghosts. Like, she'll just yeah. – she reverts back into ego. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I would, too. I'm I'm yeah. terrified of – it's. I, it's so, for some reason, maybe it's from like all the horror movies that I saw when I was younger. It's like that kind of stuff. Like I am not cool with seeing things. Like I, (laughs) no, it's, uh, I just, cause I don't want to, and it's not even like the, obviously I don't want to see the bad ones either, but even the good ones, like I don't want to see you because if I see you coming closer to me to have a conversation with me or to feel my energy, I'm going to think you're coming to possess me. And I'm just, I'm really not, I'm not keen. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I don't like seeing either. I don't, I don't blame anyone for being afraid of the paranormal or the, you know, extra sensory because it can be terrifying. But if you embody that like positive light energy, is that a good way to barrier yourself? Like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, to, um, your demons are only as big as your shadows. And that was not me. That was, see, that was spirit. I don't speak like that. Um, 
your yeah your demons are only as big as your shadows so the more karmic energy that you hold on to the more likely you are to attract a low vibrating or dark energy um the more that you clear that and the more that you vibrate at a higher frequency the more likely you are to attract that like attracts like joe dispenza talks about all the time energy of one vibration will attract mm -hmm. a similar vibration so they can vibrate together hence why you and i are such good friends now yeah good uh, vibe you know honestly yeah mm -hmm. um but it's absolutely your state of mind, the intention you go in with it, and honestly, your level of fear. The more scared you are, the more likely you are to attract it, which is ironic. Oh, okay. I'm not scared at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, you're divinely protected. Um, everyone should know that their spirit team is working overtime. Like, people who aren't spiritually in tune aren't going to be cognizant or aware if bad energy is around them. Their spirit team takes care of that. So yeah. if I were you and you don't want to experience it and be caught conscious of it, just let your spirit team handle it. They, they've got your back. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my God. I love it. Okay. So thank you for sharing so much of your story and being <laughs> such an open book. I think, you know, everyone values that. And I'm sure so many people listening have gone through a lot of crap in their life maybe you know not as bad as what you've been through but or worse like who knows or worse, yeah, yeah but like I I just think it's so commendable you sharing your story and like you. how much you've been through over the past like 10 years like 15 years like it's crazy mm -hmm. and like we are so young so it's incredible that you know the work is being done now you know so not to say that anyone listening, if they're in their thirties or forties or fifties or sixties, like the work can be done anytime, but yeah. you know, you being honest and sharing your experience at such a young age is super inspiring. Um, so yeah, you could, I, I remember the first session we had, you asked me some questions and I kind of want to ask you these questions, the questions. Back. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. Oh, okay. okay. I have like our first, I don't know if this was from our 12 week program. Maybe this is just from one of our, um, uh, maybe this is just from one of our first sessions, but I'm going to just ask you, oh, ask so you, you got my ego. Like this bitch is smart. I like this. I just thought of this now. It was not preconceived. I love um, it. Okay. Okay. If any one thing was possible, what would you wish for? See, I've got to make this a good one. Okay. <laughs> if any one thing is possible, what would I wish for? I feel like I've been very in ego, so that's probably why I'm going to say this. But today, what I would wish for is, like, true fucking love. <laughs> true love. Yes. That's, yeah. True love. That's a really good one. Really yeah. good. Hey, and that's better than mine I think mine was like own like a huge empire like <laughs> okay I mean yeah that too obviously but <laughs> today it's love <laughs> good love is loving okay what about um okay we've already spoken about some of that stuff um okay so on a scale of one to ten how happy are you with your life right now Ooh, I think like a seven yeah. that's really good yeah we're feeling really and what are some things that make you happy? Okay, well, first off, my amazing friends such as you, Mimi, and <laughs> uh, and my family, and you know the people, you know the the ones that keep me going. Um, 
my business, this has just been, it's like a dream come true running, running Mads Mess and being able to uh, start my empire. I think those, I, is it three things? Was I supposed to pick three? Oh, anything. Just a okay. Few well, those are my two. Yeah. The people around me and the business I'm growing. Okay. Love that. Um, okay. So what do you wish others knew about you? Okay, this one actually comes from like a deep place in me. <laughs> I really wish people knew I wasn't as judgmental as I look. I tend to have an RBF and with that people tend to think I'm very I am opinionated, but I'm not judgmental and I I'm not sure if it's just something that, you know, my clients feel and it's an individual thing, but a lot of them in sessions are like, I like, I hope no judgment. It's like, no, like never. Like I'm, I'm so non-judgmental that I just wish people knew like, man, you could literally tell me that you murdered someone. I'd be like, all right, how are you feeling? (laughs) Like, you know, like, I don't know. I don't think you're judgmental. I, I've never gotten that vibe off of you ever. Oh my God. Okay. Ever. It's such a worry of mine. Cause I hear it a little bit uh, more often than I'd like. <laughs> no, no. I think that's more other people like just being nervous for sharing. Cool. Yeah. That sounds about right. Vulnerability is hard. Yeah, it is. Okay. So let's just do one more. Okay. Um, what is your biggest motivation in life? Oh God, uh, being of service to people. Um, oh yeah, like easily. I want to be able, like this is the big picture thinking that you and I share. I want to be able, I used to live in Ottawa where there's a lot of homeless people. And the motivator for me is I would love to walk on Rideau Street. And if you're from Ottawa, Ontario, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I would love to walk on Rideau Street and put every single homeless person on that street up in a hotel for a month. That to me, that's a motivator. I don't know why. That's my motivator. That's beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah. All right. Well, that was such an incredible episode. Ah! And I can't believe that like almost an hour just went by so quickly. That easy? (gasps) That easy. It wasn't even hard. No, it wasn't. Okay. So where can everyone find you? Obviously, this is not your last time on this podcast. We'll have you on again. We should do a podcast at like mid and end of my 12-week program to kind of talk more about that. That would be fun. And we could um, do like an assessment. Yeah. yeah. We could, and I want to be more open with what I'm working on as well. So we can do that next time. But where can everyone find you? Like pimp yourself out for Instagram and everything. And then if they want to book sessions with you, whether that's a coaching program or just a yeah. one-off astrology reading chart or whatever it is. For sure. So I'm on Instagram at madsmess, M-A-D-D-S-M-E-S-S and madsmess.com as well. Um, you can book an appointment through the website or through the link in my bio or sending me a DM. Uh, I, there's a few people actually I've reached out that are interested in coaching programs. They are launching on September 17th on the new moon in Virgo um, that's associated with health. So if you're looking to do what Mimi's doing, just a couple more weeks to wait. Um, but for those of you wanting the one-off sessions, you can book those through yeah, the link in bio. Love it. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for having me on, Mimi. Oh, such a pleasure. Thank you.